Listen, honey, everybody, I hope you're doing so great out there. I miss everybody. Um, it's a crazy time right now, and I'm so thankful for this podcast because it's the one time where I can connect with people, meet with amazing people that are telling me what's going on out there because all I know is the exact color of paint on all four of my walls, and that's it. And I'm sick of just hearing the news, you know? I'm, I'm hearing not only so many different things from different leaders, mayors, and governors, but all I can say is that I'm so thankful to the essential workers right now. And so it's an honor for me to have this time today to talk to one of our, one of the essential workers out there that I would consider a hero, Dr. Flora Sinha. Thank you so much for joining me on Listen Honey today, doctor. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. I was looking for so forward today because I know that we were trying to make our time earlier, but of course you had to work your shift and you jumped right off your shift and jumped right into Listen Hane today. So I appreciate this because I wanted this time to really just be able to ask you questions from the things that I've been reading to what your experience has been like so that my fans and my listeners can just hear straight up from an actual person who's dealing with, you know, who's on the front line. Yeah. So First, I know that you are an internist, and I know that that has to do with internal medicine. There are so many areas of practice when it comes to um, medicine. What does that exactly mean? So internal medicine is general medicine, and we practice um, uh, medicine on adults. So pediatrics or kids, family medicine ranges from pediatric and adult medicine. So my concentration is adult medicine. Got it. Okay. Now- how, okay, when did you officially hear of COVID-19 and when did you officially see it in your hospital? So we heard about it early January. I think that's when, those are, that's when the cases started um, appearing in Asia. Um, you know, in our hospital, I'm not sure when the first coronavirus case was confirmed. But our, from an outpatient perspective, we started our coronavirus clinic where we would be sending patients who were highly suspicious of COVID and needed testing at that time about three to four weeks ago. So um, right before California started their um, shelter at home order was when we started our, our COVID clinic, which then was diverted a little bit later into just um, urgent care. So all of our infectious patients go are diverted to our hospital urgent care so we can separate the healthy versus the potentially infectious. Yeah. And you work and are quarantining in California. Is that right? Correct. I practice in Southern California and Los Angeles. Got it. Okay. Well, first off, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for your nurses. Thank you for the teamwork out there, the morale. I overheard you saying earlier that Every, all you can do right now is just to be patient. So I'm really learning from you how you're able to do that because I just from the news get overwhelmed. How are you first off? Like, how are you with dealing with the things that you see and, and you know, the uncertainty of it all? Yeah, I think now we are all, especially in California, we've been lucky with our numbers. Um, so in the beginning, there was a lot of unknown. There's still a lot of gray zones um, about the virus and, and its detection and its rate and where it's going to go. So in the beginning, just like everybody else, I think all of, our, all of us healthcare workers also had a lot of anxiety. I was obsessing over news articles and, and research and even the media because patients would come to me 
asking questions about things they heard from, you know, uh, CNN. I had to keep up with everything. At the same time, I think I also drove myself down into a hole. And so I coped in a way where I distanced myself a little bit from um, just these overarching news headlines, which can be anxiety provoking, especially because research um, says one thing one time and a completely different thing another time. We just don't have enough data to make these black and white statements for ourselves to practice by and to our patients who are asking us all these questions. Yeah. For better now. <laughs> no, and I'm so glad. And, and you mentioned a rabbit hole. Were you talking about, are you referring to all the things you were also reading and hearing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In the media, in social media, on the news, um, research articles that were coming out from Europe and Asia who had undergone, um, you know, the, the experience with their virus earlier than we have. Right. As of now, with what you've been seeing, do you feel like you're seeing the curve flatten out a bit? Are, are you seeing less of COVID-19 patients in your care? Have you been noticing a change from the 40 days that we've been quarantining now, from your perspective? So I wouldn't say flat yet. I think it's safe to say that we have seen infection rates go up because there has been more accessibility in testing. Um, I can speak for LA County. We have over 25 testing sites for drive up. So people are getting tested more, meaning infection rates are being detected more, which means those numbers are going high. Personally, our hospital rates have actually plateaued a little bit, which okay. is great news. Yeah. California in general, I think um, the numbers of infected COVID patients are below what we had expected. Okay. So um, all really, really good news. And I think um, we learned a lot from New York. They had a, a week or so um, advance in, in their infection. Also, geographically, we're more spread out here in California. Yeah. Um, public transportation, at least in Los Angeles, isn't as heavily in use. Um, and quite frankly, our leadership really took action early, um, which we are now seeing the repercussions of, which is amazing, which means we, we are slowing down, but I, we still have a long ways to go. I don't think it's over. Right. Absolutely. Tell me more about the actual cases of COVID-19 patients that you had. Tell me maybe the most memorable ones and what range of symptoms did you see and what things would you tell somebody now that you wish you knew now running into various patients? Oh my gosh. Um, very good question. So let me start with- I know, I'm throwing them all at you because I, 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 I want to learn it. so bad. Let me start with the range of symptoms because it's so important for people out there to know that- COVID can present with such a, a large variety of symptoms from severe fatigue, headache, loss of smell to- um, Loss of taste, I even heard. Loss of taste, loss of smell, absolutely. Um, to gastrointestinal symptoms, meaning diarrhea, um, to skin manifestations. So people were presenting with this very irregular rash to obviously the very, very severe where patients are hospitalized, intubated, and, and you know, needing a higher level of care. So I, I, I've seen it all. Um, I've seen um, rashes. I've seen very mild cases. And I've sent patients to the hospital because of, you know, really severe, severe symptoms. 
I think the most memorable case, it wasn't very drastic in from like a medical standpoint, but when we first started our coronavirus clinic, I still remember we had a shortage of personal protective equipment. So meaning, you know, the coronavirus particles are very, very small. So we need specific masks to be close to the patient so we don't get infected. Because we had a shortage, um, I had a regular mask on, goggles, gown, um, and gloves. I walk into a patient's room. Uh, the patient is old, was older. Um, they were having very typical symptoms of coronavirus. And the patient started crying because they were so scared. Here I was, gowned, gloved, masked, six feet away because I couldn't get close to the patient. And I couldn't do anything. And I think that was the most heartbreaking. As a primary care doctor, I live off of my, you know, my relationship with any patient. I build up that trust and um, having them know that I'm there for them. But all I could, so I really had to adapt the way I comfort patients because I couldn't physically do that. Ugh. And all of they could see of me was this. Yes. Was size. And it was just, it was very, that was when I first realized like this is a different ball game. Right. You're, and even just that, picturing that kind of daunting look of just your eyes, you can't express emotion. Sometimes our face, our faces even help you feel, yeah. I hear you, I see you. So you're right. Yeah. That, that's something I've never thought about before. Even when a comes simple to meeting- smile. Like, yeah. I, I, I know, I, I, I empathize with you. I know you're scared. This sucks. Uh, or, you know, putting my hand on their shoulder or holding their hand if I'm familiar with them. Um, you know, it, it's... I couldn't from six feet away. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're scared. I'm scared too. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I, we're, we're going to take care of you. We got you. You're, you have a great team of docs. And that's the only thing I could say in yeah. this gray zone of the unknown. When you heard all the different stories of how your patients contracted the COVID-19 disease, what range of ways were they getting it? And what would you tell your friends today who are quarantining and making sure they don't get it. I've heard anything from travel to the high-risk countries, especially earlier on, um, ranging from that to, hey, I went grocery shopping and I'm not feeling very well. Um, You're kidding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really scary. But and Do you think that they, how would you know that you got it from the grocery store? You know, because that was one part in the parking lot, in the getting your car, in the job yeah. you did before that. I don't know. You know what no, I mean? No, and, and you're totally right. Um, and I'm seeing more of like the grocery shopping or the errand running cases of recent, obviously, because people have been sheltering at home. But, you know, it, this virus is very sensitive. And, you know, there are some studies showing that it lives in the air and certain particles for a certain amount of time. If you're not masked, if you just happen to um, touch something and then touch your face or your eyes or it, it, it's easy to get it. Um, yeah. At all at the same time. I mean, this is a, this is one hell of a virus. This virus is easier to catch than the average flu or is that not true? Because more people have died from the average flu than coronavirus. Well, you're correct in the fact that the numbers are higher for the flu, but we're not done with coronavirus yet. So we're anticipating that death rate is actually going to surpass the flu. Get out. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it, I, I, we're anticipating that it's, it's going to surpass that. Um, if you just look at the numbers, especially on the East Coast, I mean, they're pretty devastating. 
Um, and then worldwide, I mean, if you look at um, what what we're and we're not done with this, so the numbers are going to continue to rise as restrictions are lifted. We're also expecting infection rates to bump up a little bit as well. That's why it's so important to continue continuing to educate the the, the general public about. Listen, you, we still need to social distance. We still need to take necessary precautions um, as the restrictions slowly lift. Absolutely. I'm going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to ask you about just things that I hear and also practices I've been seeing around me just to get your opinion on it. And I'm so thankful to be able to talk to an actual doctor who can help ease my nerves about what I'm hearing and what you're actually seeing. So thank you for spending this time with us. Stay tuned, you guys. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Listen, Honey. I am here with Dr. Flora Sinha, an internist and just an amazing hero for us on the front lines, just dealing with um, patients and keeping everybody calm and your amazing team. Doctor, I've recently um, now have been seeing a lot of cars and a lot of traffic and a lot of stores opening up here in LA. Now, Governor Hemp, Governor Kemp just announced that Atlanta is going to be open for business with some non-essential salons and tattoo parlors. And the mayor of Vegas was just, um, you know, arguing that they should do the same and open up businesses because the economy is more important at this time. What is your opinion as a doctor when it comes to quarantine? How much longer do you think we should be doing this? And is it good to be moving about right now? I, I understand the the impact that this has taken on on the economy, loss of jobs and and so on and so forth, loss of income, um, people not supporting the economy in certain ways. Um, I think every state and what you open is going to differ. So casinos, for example, where pe- people are in course, close quarters, I, I mean, I think that would obviously a great economy boost, but when infection rates go up as well, you're just moving backwards. You're going to make one step forward and then move maybe three to six steps back um, by seeing those infection rates go up. I think the best approach would be when the timing is right, when we start seeing literally that, that curve flatten to do this in a stepwise approach and do this in a, a smart fact-based way um, so we can protect each other. I think small steps now, small sacrifices now will make such a big difference down the road and getting over this quicker. That's a great way to picture how we can just continue to do what we've been doing instead of reverse all of this time and effort, right? Um, When it comes to precautionary steps, should you be wearing a mask when you leave outdoors all the time? Are gloves helping? What What is Dr. Sinha doing? 
So I, um, Los Angeles, there is a mandate for patient, for everyone to wear a facial covering. Um, I actually did a post on this not too long ago on Instagram about how to appropriately wear your mask and how to protect yourself. So what I have personally seen while doing a drive up pickup at Whole Foods um, are patients or sorry, people waiting in line with masks hanging off one ear or below their chin, so their face and their nose are not covered, or they are masked and they touch something and then adjust the mask, which obviously defeats the purpose. So it is important to have facial coverings and then leave it alone. You need to cover your nose and your mouth and also know that the viral transmission can also happen through your eyes. So even if you scratch your eye and you touched a surface that was infected, that can all uh, lead to an infection. Um, so I do wear facial coverings. I have um, beautiful cloth masks where I, I enter a filter in. And then obviously at work, we, I have a surgical mask on. Ah, uh, yeah. And what, doctor, what do you do when you do see somebody who's not cooperating like when you see somebody who's walking around with a busted mask yeah. and not taking it seriously <laughs> you know or what's funny I feel like that like that person but I have actually um at one of the grocery stores and I'm not going to mention which one um because I love them to death but I did see someone outside a worker an employee not wearing their mask properly so I just took that person aside and I just gently told them that you know it would protect them and their customers, if they did X, Y, and Z, um, it was they not appreciate that the best way. It was uh, not what? Sorry, it was not taken uh, in the best manner, and the employee continued to wear their mask incorrectly. Um, so it was a little disheartening. Um, but even my coworkers, employees in the office, if I see them not wearing their mask appropriately, I will correct them. <laughs> Um, because it's for their own benefit and ours. And if we all do this collectively, we'll get over this faster. I agree with you. And I actually agree with your method too, as far as letting somebody know. It's it's the whole see something, say something thing. Um, rather than yeah. go tell that person's boss or make them feel embarrassed by saying it in front of a bunch of people, like you pulled them aside and you told them. And you would hate for somebody to get sick where you could have told them something, but you didn't. Yes, so exactly. now it's kind of like it's on your, your own uh, mm -hmm. discretion what you're going to do with the information you have, you know? Do you think people, us, do you think we should be afraid of being within distance of people less than six feet? Like if somebody is standing too close to you, do you think yeah. that that's, should we hold our breath? I've heard some crazy things. What you, <laughs> what's the best thing you can do? I mean, honestly. At this point in time, yes, people should still be practicing social distancing. That means six feet with, um, uh, apart from someone that's not within your household. Um, it's still important that if someone coughs or sneezes and they are infected, that could travel much, much farther. Um, and six feet seems to be the average. Um, so yeah. And, and at least like in, in the shelter at home place, uh, orders are up until I think mid May. And so, um, I think we still, the weather's really nice and everyone's getting antsy and I know it's really, tempting to go outside and, and do a lot, but I, it's so important to continue to practice the social distancing measures. Doctor, how do you come home after a day of interacting with patients and different people and the public and know that you're bringing safety into the house? How can you be sure? 
Right. Um, so we've been hyper vigilant and we've even taught our four and a half year old, you know, and there's only so much you can control in toddlers, but um, not to touch your face. And if you're masked to leave it on and not budget. Um, when I'm coming home from work after interacting with patients, I, Gia, my daughter knows not to run up to me and give me a hug. She knows to wait till I'm done showering. Um, I have specific shoes I keep at work um, or I wear at work. Um, and everything goes straight into the laundry machine um, the minute I'm home and I shower, wash everything off. And that's the best way to disinfect, obviously, in addition to all of the, I think I wash my hands like 40 times a day anyway, along with hand sanitizer, along with mask wearing. Now, if I'm just, I haven't, we haven't done too many in-person errands. A lot of us are doing um, either deliveries. Um, we just moved amid all of this. We just moved three weeks ago into a new home. So you can imagine trying to furnish a brand new home yeah. without being able to shop. Right. So that means a lot of packages, a lot of cardboard boxes. Um, I wipe everything down. Um, at one point I was running out of Clorox wipes. So I made my own solution with, you know, one part bleach and three parts water and started wiping everything down. Oh, wow. And that's smart. Yeah. It, I'm going to copy you that. You don't need to spend money on, you know, like salt and Clorox yeah. wipes. Don't tell them I said that, but sure, uh, sure. there are ways to get around that if you are unable to get your hands yeah. on a solution. Okay. So you're just really mindful in every part of the process of your day so that you make sure that you're not just kind of getting too comfortable and just walking in with even your shoes or anything like that. Totally understand. Yeah. Well, before we go, I'd like to ask you, what is something you can say to encourage people who maybe are, they can be considered hypochondriacs or they can be, you know, anxious like me. But mm -hmm. for someone who's in panic mode and doesn't know what to be thinking or doing right now, what would your advice be to them? So I'm going to start from a personal standpoint. So as a mom, as a friend, as a family member, you know, um, really trust science and trust the medical professionals that are, are trying to educate um, and really try not to re divulge into so much of sens sensationalized news um, and check your sources. If you see something that arouses emotion or some sort of reaction, check where it's coming from. There's, there's so many overarching news headlines that really causes a lot of panic and anxiety. And when you actually read the article, it's, it's not that bad. Um, and then from a medical standpoint, um, stay home <laughs> for non-essential activities, continue to shelter at place. I think we're going to really see great, great results, um, in the upcoming month, um, because of all the hard work that everyone's been doing. I agree. Oh, doctor. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time that you took with us. Um, is there anything, uh, you know, do you, uh, is there anything I can promote for you or plug for you? Or I, I don't want to bombard you with a bunch of people that are going to come your way, but is there any, <laughs> anything else that you want to say that I should include? Um, well, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for using your public platform to, you know, to spread facts and science and, um, actual people who are on their front lines, because like I said, there are, there is a lot of information out there and misinformation out there. Um, but yeah, I have a, I have an Instagram account, um, at Dr. Underscore 
or Flow Sinha. Um, I do medical um, uh, posts all the time. I'm also an infertility warrior. So it is National Infertility Awareness Week. So I've been promoting oh, wow. that and talking about my experience. So if anyone needs any extra support from that standpoint, go ahead and contact me and follow me on there as well. Thank you so much, doctor. I I enjoy following your Instagram. I really appreciate you and your time here. So thank you for just shedding some light and encouraging us all. Take care of yourself and Gia out there too and your family. Thank you. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you. All right, guys. So please make sure to subscribe. Please make sure to rate and review this podcast. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know if this helped you at all. Please do follow Dr. Flo Sinha so that you can get more of her amazing encouragement and um, her beautiful pictures too. It's awesome. So thank you, doctor. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.